Welcome to the City Church Podcast, your home for the latest sermons and audio updates from City Church St. Petersburg. We meet each Sunday at 1030 a.m. at 1211 First Avenue North on the third floor. It's Tuesday afternoon at 1.30. You are sitting at your desk in your office. You look around you and all you can see is all of the work that the week has ahead of you. Your lunch is sitting heavy on your stomach. You are longing for that next cup of afternoon coffee. What gets you through that moment? That moment of just looking around going, I have so much to do. The weekend is so far away. What am I going to do? Or maybe I could ask the question another way. What is it, that thing that you have to do that you hate? Being an adult can be hard at times, right? Adulting is difficult. And there are things that we have to do that we just hate. Maybe it's, maybe it's mowing the yard. Maybe it's grocery shopping. Maybe it's some other task that you have to do. But, but think of that thing that you hate so bad that you have to do on a regular basis. How do you power through that? What do you do when you wake up and say, I have got to mow the yard this morning? How do you push through? I know how I do. For me, it's always something that's coming up that I can look forward to. Okay, you know what? Yes, I've got to mow the yard. But once the yard is mowed, I don't have to do this for an entire another week or in Florida during the summer. I don't have to do this for at least 48 hours. And I look forward to grabbing something cool to drink after I mow the yard, sitting on my porch, and looking at the cut grass. I have conquered it. I have tamed the unruly mess. I have done this. This is my yard, and it is cut. Right? I I picture something. How do you get through parents? What gets you through until bedtime? What are you looking forward to so much? What gets you through your work day? What gets you through school? What is it that you look forward to? All of us would have a different answer to that question. For some of you, you sort of have this idea, you know what, if I can just, if I can just power through work, I get to go to the gym after work. This is clearly not what I think. Clearly. But I know some of you, this is what you think. Right? If, I can, if I can just get through work, I get to go to the gym and everything is fine there. Everybody's got their own problems. Or maybe it's, you know what? There's this event coming. You know what? This is going to be a terrible week, but there's this thing that I get to go do. That's what I'm looking forward to. Or, you know what? This is, I, I, I can't wait to get home to see my kids. Or I can't wait to get home and see my dog. I can't wait to go have fun. See, all of us have this constellation of good things that we look forward to. We have these things that we go, you know what? When everything else is bad, these are my good things. I can't wait to do these good things. All right, let's put a bookmark in that, and I want to ask another question. 
How's your life going? How are things? Right? Everything in your life, peachy keen, everything just fine, everything's perfect? Yeah, no? No, it's not, right? And the question that comes to us is this. How do I change? Things in my life aren't good. Some of that is my responsibility. Some of that's the responsibility of things that have been done around me. How do I change? How do I, how do I change that thing that bothers me the most? That relationship that I don't have. That relationship that's toxic. How do I change these habits that I have that I just can't shake? You see, on the one hand, we have this constellation, this, this group of our go-to good things. And on the other hand, we have these things in our life that if we look at, we go, I wish these things would change. What do those things have in common? What does our desire for change in our life and the things that we go to, those things that we look forward to that are our good things, what do those have in common? And to make it all a little bit more complicated, what do those things have in common and also Jesus? When it comes to our lives, when it comes to the good things that we enjoy, and as well as those things that we don't like about ourselves, those things that we wish we could change, in both of these cases, there is something inside of us that has wired us to think about all of these things in an external way. The way I think about good things is almost entirely external. I get that cold beverage. I get to play with my kids. I get to hang out with my friends. I get to go to this event all external. The things that I want to change about my life have to do with another person, have to do with my body, have to do with my habits. All of the things that we think about. When we think about both what we look forward to and what is good, as well as what's bad and what we want to change, we almost entirely think of outside of ourselves, as external, as actions. And the Bible says that's why we rarely experience real change in our lives. So long as we continue to think of our problems and even our joys as just our actions, we're never going to experience true change. We focus on our actions as our problems, and we ignore what's going on one level deeper in our hearts. We ignore what's going on at the level of what we treasure and what we desire. So this week, what we're going to do is look at two stories, parables, that Jesus told that connect these things together. So if you would, would you stand with me as I read the Word of God to you? I'm going to be reading Luke chapter 6, verses 43 through 49. If you don't have a Bible with you, that's okay. It'll be up on the screen. It's also available in the City Church app. Luke 6, 43 
through 49 says this, For no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person, out of the good treasure of his heart, produces good. And the evil person, out of his evil treasure, produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream broke against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built his house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. City Church, this is the Word of God, written nearly 2,000 years ago, and intended for us this morning. You may be seated. You see, we focus on our actions and not on our desires. We focus on what's going on outside of us, instead of focusing on what it is that we treasure in our innermost being, in the part of our heart that we are not usually willing to think about and talk about. And so Jesus knows this, and he tells two stories. He tells us stories about trees, and he tells us a story about houses. So let's start with the tree, right? It's a pretty simple story. Trees produce the kind of fruit that that tree is. Orange trees produce oranges. Grapevines produce grapes. This is, this is simple. Most of us, by the time we're in first or second grade, understand the general principles of horticulture that, you know, this is the kind of plant, it has that kind of fruit. This is, this is what happens. It's the way of life, right? This is true of me. We, when we bought our house, uh, we thought there was a big oak tree in our backyard. This, this gorgeous oak tree, and we really loved it. It had these weird big leaves on it, but I, not being a botanist, didn't think anything of it. That's just one of them big, big leaf oak trees. Until it started raining down large green things into our yard. Oh, apparently that's what an avocado tree looks like. And so this avocado tree produces avocados. And this is sort of exactly the story Jesus tells. He says, look. Avocado trees produce avocados, orange trees produce oranges, good trees produce good fruit, bad trees produce good fruit. Get it? And so on one level, this is a critique of us, right? Because if you were to take an inventory of your life, if you were to sort of write down how your life is going, would you say you have good fruit? bad fruit? Would you say that your actions are generally in line with what you know God says, or are they generally not? I think the answer that most of us would give to that is that it's a mixed bag, isn't it? 
I can rummage around in my heart and know that, yeah, there's some good things going on down there. But there's also some things that aren't so good that I don't want to talk about. I don't want to talk about pride. I don't want to talk about what goes on in my heart. I don't want you to know what I think. Have you ever sort of uh, had like this fleeting thought, maybe this is me, maybe this is purely crazy on my part, probably is, but have you ever had the fleeting thought, like what if somebody else that you knew was like a telepath, like something off of an X-Men movie, what if they could read my thoughts? Have, Have you ever had the thought like, what if that was a real thing, what if that person knows what I'm thinking? For most of us, that idea is rather terrifying, isn't it? For those of you who are married, imagine if your spouse could read your thoughts. Hard pass. No, I prefer not. When we take inventory of what's going on, whether we have good fruit or bad fruit, Most of us have a mixed bag. But what's interesting is if we just leave this story here as a call to examine our lives and see whether you're doing good or bad, sort of put your life onto the scales and see how it's going, if that's where we stop, we entirely miss what Jesus is really trying to teach us. Because it's interesting, he says that good trees produce good fruit, bad trees produce bad fruit, and here's the reason why this works in our lives. Because out of what we treasure, our actions flow. You see, you don't just decide to do something, good or bad. Our actions are the result of what we treasure. What is it the thing that you love more than anything else? What is the thing that you desire most of all? What is it that when you're quiet and honest that you're chasing after? See, whatever that thing is, is going to play out in your actions. Or to put this in another way, to reverse engineer it, think about it this way. Look at your life. What are the actions that you are frustrated by, ashamed of, guilty about? What what are these things that you don't like about your life? What is it that you treasure that is resulting in those things? Because those things aren't coming from nowhere. Those things are coming from something that you are treasuring. Your life, my life, are the sum total Our actions are the sum total of the things that we truly desire. Where does that anger that you have come from? When you're so quick to flip that switch and get mad at work, to get angry at your roommate, at your spouse, at your children, what is it that you treasure that gives you that hairpin? 
What's driving your dissatisfaction? What's driving that feeling that life isn't what you want it to be? You see, sometimes what we try to do is just fix those things. I'm angry. I shouldn't be angry. Socially unacceptable. I'm going to work hard and be less angry. There. I've decided it. It is decided. I'm not angry anymore. I don't know about you, but in my life, that has never worked. Ever. Now, maybe you have a lot more self-control than I do. Very probable. Nevertheless, how is the deciding to change our actions going for you? See, what Jesus teaches us in this parable of the tree and its fruits is that we cannot change ourselves by trying to change our actions. How we change, how our lives are actually changed is by changing what we treasure on the inside. What is it that I desire most? When that changes, it will change my heart from the inside out. And it's interesting that right after he tells the story of this tree, tells us that our actions are not changed by sheer force of will, but rather by changing what our desires are, he turns his attention and says, now let me sum up all of this by telling another parable. I'm going to tell you a parable about the wise man who built his house on the rock. Now, if you have grown up in the church, this is a story that you have heard several times. This is sort of on the hall of fame of things that kids in things like City Kids get taught, right? This is on the, like, if you grew up in deep Christian culture, Veggie Tales, right? This is a, this is a classic vacation Bible school, Veggie Tales type of story, right? The wise man built his house upon the rock. There's even a song about it. The problem is, is that when you and I approach this text, when you and I approach this parable of Jesus, we almost universally miss the point. Because what's the point of the story about the wise men built his house upon the rock? Well, we should make Jesus the foundation of our life wrong. Wrong. That's a good thing. I think you should make Jesus the foundation of your life. That's not at all what this passage, that's not at all what the story about the wise men built his house upon the rock is about. What does it say? It says, Why do you say to me, Lord, Lord, and do not do what I said. Let me tell you, a man who hears what I say, Jesus says, and then puts those things into practice, I will show you what it's like, what he is like. And then he goes on to tell the story. You see, the person who builds his house on the foundation is not the person who builds their life on Jesus. That's nice. That's good. We should do that. Just not what this parable is talking about. This parable is talking about those of us who hear what Jesus says and do or do not do it. Where are you at on that? When you hear what God has to say, 
How often do you do it? It's interesting that he starts out by saying, these people who come to me and say, Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say. Because how many of us would be quick to say that Jesus Christ is Lord? And then how many of us, by the same token, would be able to very quickly point to the things that we do that are not okay? I think that's most of us. No. That's all of us. All of us who say that we believe in Jesus have areas of our life where we just don't do what God says. What is that for you? What is that area that you are holding back? That you are saying, God, I'm, I'm all for this. I am... I am a part of the team. I am team Jesus. Just don't talk to me about those things. Right? Uh, St. Augustine, one of the great fathers of the church, uh, one time said this, Lord, make me chaste, but not yet. Lord, make me chaste later. How many of, what's that in your life? Where you say, God, I want you to change my life, but I kind of want to keep that, okay? So you can fix that later. What are you holding back from Jesus? Where are you looking away from what Jesus has to say to you. You see, one of our fundamental problems as human beings is we want to create God in our own image. So I want a Jesus who doesn't tell me about the things that I do wrong. He tells me I'm good. He tells me I'm on his team. He tells me everything is fine. And that the people who look like me and act like me and have the same stuff and problems as me, we're all good. And the people whose problems are different than mine, those are the sinners over there. You see, I want a Jesus who tells me I'm in and other people that are not like me are out. Where do you let Jesus and the Bible critique you? You see, what happens is because all of us have a problem building our house on the foundation of doing what Jesus says. Because all of our trees have the root of sin, more often than not, our decisions bring us pain and sin, and as James tells us, ultimately death. The trees of our life are yielding pain and death. But here's the good news, church. Jesus went up on the tree of the cross to take the pain and death that your decisions and mine created. He took the pain and death not just for our actions that we have done, but also for the desires of our heart, for the way that we pine after so many other things besides Him. For the way that our hearts are so quickly torn from His good news, from His beauty, truth, 
and goodness to whatever is convenient in the moment for me. The good news is that Jesus took the pain and death that you and I deserved so that we could be fully accepted by the Father. See, our trees don't always bear good fruit, do they, Christian? You see, our, our lives are not always built on the foundation of doing what God says, are they? But that's why we need Jesus. And what happens is, when we begin to treasure this message of the love of Jesus, in spite of our sinfulness, in spite of the way that our desires are crooked deep down, when we begin to see how great Jesus' love for us is, it begins to change us. That is what begins to change our hearts. When that idea that you are loved and accepted despite your behavior becomes your treasure, you are able to turn around and show patience and love to others. You're able to see your life begin to change. Not because of you bootstrapping your morality, working harder to get God's blessing. No, admitting that you can't. Admitting that you need someone to do it on your behalf. When we begin to travel down that road, when that begins to become our treasure, when that begins to become our go-to good thing that gets us through the day, what we begin to experience is real change that comes from the inside out. Let's pray.